Welcome to Erotic Awakening, an exploration of all things erotic. Every Thursday, your hosts, Dan and Dawn, share with you their experience and insights on kink, power exchange, and erotic life, as well as bring you interviews with exciting people from various lifestyles. Then every Monday, you'll hear from our various guest hosts. These nationally known educators bring a variety of experience to the mics and share with you an ever-increasing diverse world of alternative life. Erotic Awakening is intended for mature audiences. If you are offended by adult topics or prohibited by law, we recommend you stop listening right now. Hello, fellow adventurers of sexuality and spirit, and welcome to Erotic Awakening with Lee Harrington. In this monthly show, appearing on the third Monday of the month, I bring all kinds of different adventures, from sexuality to spirituality, heart to soul to cunt to cock, and everything in between. It's been a little while since it's just been you and me. I've been doing panels and having interviews and all that kind of stuff. But today, I've, um, I was struck by something. Right now, I am in the process of reading a really fascinating book, which is called Gender and Transgender in Modern Paganism by Gina Pond, Sarah Thompson, Calixia Omphalos, uh, Philip Tanner, and Jacobo uh, Polinshek. And if I messed up any of those names, I sincerely apologize. The book was written in response to an event that happened at PantheaCon a little bit over a year ago. A Dianic group uh, of pagans did a ritual that was for the goddess Lilith. Okay, so be it. Not that big of a deal unless you're not all for Lilith, which, you know, there's a lot of people who aren't. And they, however, didn't get it out in their announcement ahead of time that the ritual was for women-born women. Cisgendered women and cissexual women, as it were. And uh, this caused a bit of a hubbub when a number of transgendered or transsexual women, uh, actually transgendered and transsexual women, uh, some of each and some who were both, uh, showed up and were turned away at the door. So as a response to this, a whole flurry of things around gender and sexuality and sexuality of gender and gender discourse ended up erupting within the pagan community on the West Coast and other places as well. This book has a lot of different uh, contributors to it. I've been really appreciative of the 10 different pieces I've read so far and look forward to reading the rest of them. But I bring this today because I was really deeply struck by One Piece. The piece that I was struck by is called Awakening the Transsexual Gods by Foxfetch. It's chapter 8. And I wish I could read all of it, but I don't have permission for that. But I am going to read one little section, because it touched me incredibly deeply. When Foxfetch is talking about being a transsexual man, somebody who was assigned female at birth and is now living full-time as a man and is very much in the believes themselves to be a binary system, not genderqueer, not genderfluid individual, very much man. They uh, ended up demanding that there should be transsexual gods that respond to our realities. And the paragraph that hit me hard was, 
I want white-haired winter gods whose vagina is the gate to the underworld. I want earth goddesses whose erection is the rising of the spring. Crones with shriveled balls, fertility, fertility gods with juicy cunts. I want gods whose fierce, bright male power is spilling milk, whose solar blaze is a bleeding hole between his legs. And I wanted to cry. I still kind of do. As someone who's been part of the pagan community for nigh on to 17 years now, that sounds about right. I mean, I think I went to my first pagan workshop thing when I was 13, so that would make it 19 years. Okay, so 18 and a half, 19 years ago, I went to my first pagan worship circle, and which was part of CUPS, the Covenant for Unitarian Universalist Pagans. And I remember being deeply touched by this notion of God and goddess, by calling to the watchtowers, to feeling the power of earth, air, water, fire, spirit, pumping through me, pouring through me feeling the descent of the goddess, feeling the rise of the god, feeling power and juiciness and sensuality and sexuality that was not shut down in faith. I still am deeply touched by these things, but it didn't hit me until I read that piece that most of the deities that I see aren't me. I cherish Baphomet with his hard cock and her round breasts, head of a goat curling horns and hooves. The beauty of Lilith, who is furry woman. I appreciate Artemis virgin, always virgin. These things are powerful and true and amazing, but they're not me. I look in the mirror, and these are not me. The shapes of God that are out there are not me. And so here I stand. Here I stand shaken, my friends. I stand here shaken because I realized, as I was reading this pace, a few different things. I, I realized... I realized that I wasn't seen, which I knew already. I rationally knew it already. I knew that this was the case, but it's different, you know? It's different when somebody puts us in these kinds of words. But the other thing I realized as I've been dealing with my own body dysphoria or dysmorphia or whatever word it is that isn't working out right now in my head, but I realized that I've been having problems in the mirror again. You know, I've been having problems in the mirror again. In the end of 2006, on my birthday, November 28, 2006, I had a revelation that I couldn't do it anymore. This thing between bodies and this... Uh, I couldn't be female in my day-to-day -day life anymore. 
I had to become something else. I needed to change my name. I needed to go into an androgynous male spectrum space. I needed to be Lee. That I wasn't Bridget anymore, and that in holding on to that since 2001, when I realized that no, really, I had to adopt a, a bi-gendered space. And I rewind further back to when I was a teenager, and I remember the first time when my boyfriend at the time, Toby, my first master, said to me, you know, is it possible that, you know, you're something other than a girl? And I said, what do you mean? And he said, is it possible that you're transgendered? And I remember those times and and these different pieces that come together. But here it is now, 2012, and I think beyond being transgender, I think I'm transsexual. And that's really, really weird for me to say. I am not genderqueer. And wow, that hurts to say. And I don't even know if this is true. I don't know in my bones yet. But when I say those words out loud, my heart wants to cry. When I say those words out loud, my stomach tangles up into knots and I feel the butterflies fly out in a rainbow of color. When I stop and I say I'm transsexual, it feels right. And we'll see where it is in three months, and we'll see where it is in three years. We'll see this shifting truth, this body truth, this thing that has to be, this thing that is me. We'll see what happens. But I looked in the mirror the other day, and it was wrong. My fat's distributing really strangely. This is a story of me. Not a truth for other men, not a truth for other trans men, not a truth for other masculine and male spectrum individuals who are all on their own journey through their own life. This is a tale of me. And the tale of me says that I looked in the mirror the other day and it felt wrong. It felt really right when I looked just above my chest, when I looked at the top of my chest on up. It looked perfect when I looked at my stomach, and it looked amazing looking below my knees. But I got confused at other places. My fat's distributing in strange ways for me. I've got this line at my belly button where I am getting chubbier, even though I'm losing weight, in the space between my solar plexus and my belly button. In that space the bottom of the ribcage to my belly button has become round. Love, that tattoo that runs along that space, has spread out as if I am growing full of love. And that would be fine. Let me be round-bellied man. Let me be soft. Let me be the shape of so many men I've loved. I'm fine with that. I love that. I cherish that. That's not it. What feels wrong is that below the belly button it cuts in sharply and flattens out, comes down to a scar where my womb was taken out. Out, out, out. It flattens out, was taken out, and I 
am out of myself as I stare naked into the mirror. My furry patch where a cock could be, would be, should be, no, should is not the right word, where I am. This is all my body, and this is all my truth. And here I am looking in the mirror, and it's shaped not like I expect. I look above my solar plexus and up to my neck, and there is my chest. Still slightly lopsided scars, two holes where nipples once were that have become sensitive tissue again through prayers and nerves rebuilding. But they don't look quite right. They don't look quite right. I don't look quite right when I look in the mirror and I want to cry. I want to bundle up all of this fear and all of these tears and turn them into something else. And there's moments where it doesn't matter. Where my lover's hand is buried up inside my ass and I can feel the cock that I am, that I have, that I swell with. Don't care that it's an inch long. I don't care that I am well hung for a gerbil. I don't care, because there I am, breathing in their hair and their lips, and the world is perfect. But I think it struck me harder recently, because I got to try out a new toy. Aiden and I, my partner and I, we ran like the winds one afternoon, one evening, one perfect night. We ran that night across New York, literally, because we tried for block after block after block to try to find a taxi. But we didn't. Couldn't find a taxi, so we walked and walked and walked toys in Babeland. And at Babeland, they were about to close, but we said, we promise we'll buy something, please let us in. And so we bought a dimmer, uh, a uh, rheostat switch for his, uh, for his Hitachi. And we bought this perfect fieldo. Or at least it's perfect in what I need from it. We thought it was going to be Aiden's cock. You've got to understand that first. We thought, and maybe it still is, his. But I asked him one night, about a week after we bought it, we hadn't had a chance to use it yet, I asked him, do you mind if I try it on? Would that be weird for you? Because I think it's supposed to be your cock, but like, I just, I want to know if one would work for me. And the field, though, for people who don't know, is a uh, a long cock, a long silicone cock, I'd say about 11 inches total from the far base to the tip of it. And then from that far base, which has a little bulge down at the bottom as if it's got testicles, and then uh, comes up into a smaller bulb about, you know, three inches tall that is a plug, a vaginal plug. And it could also be an anal plug, I suppose, but then your cock, once it's in, would be rather short indeed. And so we slid it on up inside me, and I held it up in place with the top of my thighs, my round thighs, and there we were, looking down at my cock. And I looked down at my cock, and there was no strap-on harness. There was nothing holding it up except for my thighs. And it was right. It came out to be about 
six inches or so that hung out from outside me, or so. And we couldn't make it work without a harness to hold it in place, but luckily I have a really modular form of the Texas, uh, Texas two-strap harness from Stormy Leather that I've had for a really, really, really long time. And it's mine. It's my harness. And I'd removed the back piece from it quite some time ago so that I could have just the ring and the two leather straps and the back piece across the rear end. And I pulled it down. I pulled the ring all the way down so it can hit hold the cock where it was. And I tightened the straps down just at the underwear line, right at the top, across the top of the thigh where it comes into the mons area. Tighten it across the back, right at that space where a pair of tidy whities would land. And it was perfect. And we fucked, and he sucked. And he rode on top of me like a temptress, like a tempest. He took me deep and sighed, and I could feel every stroke and every movement. And I can feel myself inside of him as I bucked and moaned and groaned, sighed as I sighed. And I felt myself pump in and out and in. And I was perfect. And it was perfect. And I looked down. And I wanted to laugh out loud. I wanted to moan. I wanted and needed this. It was right. It was absolutely right. But it's not enough. I say to myself, is it? Or is it? It's that tough line, that hard line, that body truth emotion line that says, maybe? Maybe this flat chest of mine and my lovers who say and see me as the man that I am. They get it. I get it. Maybe it's, maybe it's all right. Maybe this is what I need. But I want to say maybe this is all I need, and that infers that there could be something more. And I think of surgeries, and if I have $30,000, I'm sorry, but we're paying off a stack of our debt, and I'm going back to college, thank you very much. Or maybe I'm actually just prepaying my rent here in New York for a year and then dealing with some debt. You know what I mean? Like $30,000? That's a chunk of money to be able to build myself a cock. To be able to go over to Europe and build myself a cock. Beautiful cock, a cock that would work. A cock whose testicles would have a pump inside them that I'd be able to pump, pump, pump myself up to hardness. That when I was naked and looking in the mirror, I would see me hanging there. That I would see this cock hanging there. Because built the way my cunt is built for people who haven't seen it, I am not some outwardly visible twat. I do not have my juicy pussy out there in front. I'm pretty chubby, and my cunt is really chubby. If you look down on me, especially when I used to be shaved head to toe and when I would flatten my chest out and dream, when I was shaved head to toe, I look like an angel. No sex, bare chest, everything flat. I am a tattooed angel. I see myself the angel that I am, and I am blessed in this form. 
I am beautiful in this space between form. I am beautiful for the space exactly where it was and where it is and where it might be. I am not somewhere in between. I am the space and the place I am now. I am the space and the place that I am now. Here and now. Here and now. But you have to have me laying down on my back with my thighs spread wide to see my cunt, to see my beautiful functioning twat, to see me no cervixed, to see me fully hungry and open and available. My cock barely peeks out. My cock only truly comes to be able to be seen when my outer labia is spread open by fingers. My cock is hard to access. My cock is perfect to access. My cock is what it is and how beautiful it is. Dental dam laid over, lips linger and tongue licks. And yet, here I am. And yet, here I am. And yet, here I am, hungry for whatever it could be that might be called more. For whatever it might be that might be called more. And I turn again to Foxfetch, and I see a piece that makes me want to smile. Our bodies are sacred, too. We too are God, our goddess. I want a god who sings of his crescent-shaped barge of heaven, a goddess at whose mighty rising the desert fills with green like a pleasant garden. I want these things, because the god and the goddess, the gods and the goddesses, ten thousand in name, forty thousand in sight, stars that fill up and echo for her starry goddess thighs spread, who rubbed herself and moaned her way into existence all that is. We come in these shapes and sizes. We are these beautiful forms. And I, here, in this place, am perfect. And yet I want to change it. Here, in this place, I am perfect. And I want to change it. Here, in this place, I have exactly the right number of tattoos that I want. And yet I want more. What is so different? It is so different, it seems, that when I want to change my genitalia, that when I want to change what my naked form looks like, that it's okay when women have breast augmentation. It's okay when women have a little bit of Botox. It's okay and expected in our culture. And yet when I say... I want my phallus to hang there between my legs. It's as if I am asking to move the heavens. And perhaps I am asking to move the heavens to open wide, to open out, 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 
out to the possibilities of what might be, what could be, I flatten out beneath my belly button and I wonder at the shape I am. Because I am. I am the God whose name is I am, and so are you. That body you have in front of you looking in the mirror, even if it doesn't make any sense, even if it doesn't make an iota of sense, thou art God. Thou art goddess. Thou art deity, open wide, opened out, out, out. Even if you want to change that body, even if you want to transform that body into the work of art you long for it to be. Whether you are hoping for a six-pack or you are hoping for round, voluptuous curves, whether you want to be a super BBW whose waves of flesh capture lovers up in your arms and your belly, or whether you want to be stick-thin and a rail of desire, I don't care. But thou art divine. Yes, you, that one who's wondering if I mean you too. Yes, you, you're divine. Thou art divine. And thou art divine in this moment now, looking in the mirror or not looking in the mirror because it hurts too much. Thou looking in the mirror or not looking in the mirror, thou that you are. Thou that is I am for your own personal truth. You that are. It doesn't mean that the you that you want to be is any less divine. And it doesn't mean the you that you were ten years ago, five years ago, two years ago, two breaths ago. The you that you were two breaths ago was divine as well. These are the truths and secrets. These are the hidden teachings. These are the things that say in the darkest of night, you know me. You know me. So I, like Foxfetch, call for transsexual gods. I call for intersexed gods. I call for fat gods and thin gods and gods with big booties. I call for furry gods and hairless gods. I call for gods that are twinks and gods that are muscle men. I call for gods with long beards and gods who are clean-shaven. I call for goddesses who are curvy beyond measure. I call for goddesses who are as wide around as the earth. I call for goddesses who are top-heavy, who are thigh-heavy. I call for goddesses who have shelves and planks of chests. I call for goddesses 
who are as thin as the crescent moon. I call for goddesses with short hair and long hair, with big noses and small. I call for goddesses whose lips are wide and hungry, and for lips who are thin. I call for muscular goddesses. I call for goddesses who want help. I call for goddesses who don't need a single drop of help, even if you offered it to her. I call for goddesses and gods and deities of all shapes and sizes. I call for one-legged gods. I call for goddesses who have lost a breast. I've called for goddesses who never had those breasts to begin with. I call, I call, I call to you. I call to you. I call to you because thou art divine, and in realizing that thou art divine, you can help these gods come to life. Let there not be ten thousand gods. Let there not be forty thousand gods. Let there be six billion deities. Let every one of you wake up to all that you are, because Shiva is not the only one with a hundred and one sacred names. And that's if we simplify it down. You are divine. And I don't mean that, honey, like you are divine. I mean that thou art divine. I leave the poetry behind for a moment, and I talk to you honestly. It's really hard to be divine, because we have to believe. We have to believe for a moment that there's a possibility that we actually are. I have to stop hating myself long enough to actually believe this bullshit. Because out of bullshit grows flowers. And it might feel like bullshit the first one or two or seventy times, but it's real. It's real. And there you go. Tears. I knew that tears would come this time. Because tears are needed. Tears are needed in this truth. Tears are needed in this truth. And so here we are. And since I don't know where to go from here, I will say that I love you. And I will say that I love me. And I don't know what this word transsexual means yet, but I know it's mine. I don't know what this word man means yet, but I know that it's mine. I don't know yet all the shapes of love yet, but I know that they're mine. And that doesn't mean they can't be yours, too. We each can access all of these things. Because we are divine. Every single one of us. Every single one of us. Because when God made Adam, he made him in his own image. 
when the goddess gave birth out of her starry thighs to all of the world and all of reality we are made from her come and therefore we are of her as well no matter the pantheon no matter the truth even if you were licked out of the salt lick by a dulma the great cow and no i'm not making that one up it's a pretty cool creation myth in my opinion even if we pull from douglas adams and we believe that we were sneezed out we are divine we are divine until the great kleenex comes and wipes us all away and so with that my friends and lovers and lovers to be my beautiful and cherished ones my friends across the waves my friends across this audio connection you who are love you who are love i invite you to know that you are loved i invite you to know that you yourself are love and that thou art perfect even if you want tomorrow to look different so with that i bid adieu know that you can find me all over the internet by searching for lee harrington or passion and soul whether passion and soul is one word on fetlife.com twitter facebook youtube deviant art it doesn't matter passion and soul because what is a life without passion and soul i certainly don't want to find out and with that this has been erotic awakening with lee harrington and until next time stay cool have fun and be authentically you and have a fantastic journey